Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast. Podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Welcome back, Ryan. It's good to be home. Yes, uh, long summer. Long summer. We just got back from our mission trip to Montana. And so we are just getting into the swing of things now. Yeah, I like it. I like it when school gets started. I like getting back into a routine. Yep, I'm with you there. So last week on our podcast, we talked about a pretty heavy subject, right? Church right. security. Church security. And uh, this week, we're going to go a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. but still pretty important. That's right. The pastor as learner. A lifelong learner. A lifelong learner. Yep. Yeah. So and, what does that mean? Yeah, for me, I think it... I think it it's part of our development as a minister in the beginning, but we can't just abandon learning once mm-hmm. we get our degrees. If we That's choose right. to do a degree, yeah, there needs to be something in addition to that. Because yeah. uh, I mean, man, culture changes. That's right. Church changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, scripture doesn't Reach change. On. The interpretation oh, doesn't change, uh, but all the things around us change. That's right. So we need to continue to learn about those things uh, so that we can be good good ministers of the gospel. Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, when I uh, I'm sure your your story's similar, but when I felt called to ministry at um, 18 or so, uh, I, I knew that that comes with a certain amount of education that I I, I right. needed to get, uh, and so I I took the path of going to Bible college and then going to seminary. Um, and that really shaped who I am today. Um, what? Because I said Bible college. That's really funny. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. So that that shaped me because I I was able to begin my path of becoming a learner. Right. Yeah. And I I did not take that path. I mean, I got a degree yeah. from that's sec- obvious a secular university uh, in a in a degree field. To be honest with you, that has nothing to do with ministry. Yeah. My my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice. Yeah, uh, but but you know, then I went on to seminary. Of course, as as you are now. And, uh, what John means by his bachelor's degree being in criminal justice, <laughs> it means that during his college years, he stayed at home in his mama's basement and watched CSI reruns. <laughs> yeah. That's what that means. Exactly. And she gave me a diploma. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. To get you out the house. That's right. So, uh, but you know, it, one of the things that's so wonderful about beyond the bachelor's degree, master's degree, and for me, my doctoral work too, mm-hmm. was learning how to learn. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of what we're going to talk about today is how we are self-motivated learners, how we should be yeah. self-motivated mm-hmm. learners and, and a learning beyond the, the structure of a seminary. Yeah. You know, I have, I have two brother-in-laws that are both pastors, one in North Mississippi, one in South Mississippi. Uh, and I mentioned, uh, one of my brother-in-laws in a previous podcast. And so I think it's fair to mention the other one. Um, so, uh, my, my older brother-in-law, uh, Brandon, he gave me good advice uh, when I was trying to decide between seminaries. Um, he mentioned, uh, this idea. He said, uh, he said to me one time, he said, you supplement your learning. Uh, so it's not up to the seminary to teach you all that you need to know. You'll right. supplement your learning. Uh, and, and I think that was a, a, uh, a wise phrase. And I sure. think something that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's one of those things that, We've talked about this before on the podcast and in previous times, but how ministers have to be self motivated in mm-hmm. a lot of areas. Yeah. And one of those areas is, is in this. We, you, it has to be something you're self motivated to do. Right. There's no one standing above you saying, what did you learn today? Yeah. Right. And, and if we're just being honest, it, it's easy to go through the week, uh, not being a learner. Yeah. Um, 
not seeking to improve, uh, and, and because of that, our churches are going to suffer. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And so, you know, we have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. We have to be intentional about setting that time aside mm-hmm. and also, uh, you know, surrounding ourselves with people that are going to challenge us too. Mm. I think that's good. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the importance of being a continuing learner. We've hit on some things here. Um, and I'll go ahead and start with the idea of we are to shepherd and to teach our flock. And we can only do that if we are seeking to be as sharp as we possibly can. Right. Uh, God can obviously use dull tools. He does it every week and he uses us when we are dull, but we want to do the best that we can for our church and the seeds that we sow from the pulpit will be reaped in the pew. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think there's any field, even outside of the ministry, that it's okay to never get better. Yeah, right. And so the ministry is no different in that sense than than any other field. It's it's never okay to maintain. Right. Right. We should always be seeking to get better, and the only way we're going to get better is if we're learning new methods, mm-hmm. new strategies, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And the only reason you're going to way you're going to learn those is if you put yourself inside of a book or inside right. of some experience. Uh and so, you know, I think that's why it's important and why it's important to continue learning is so that we can be better ministers of the gospel. Right. That's what mm-hmm. our goal is and I think that's what most of the guys that are out there they're going to say, "Man, I want to be the best I can be right. at what God has called me yeah. to." Mm-hmm. And so I need to continue learning in order to accomplish that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's key. Uh, and like you said before, culture is continually changing. Yeah. Uh, people are changing. Our churches are changing. And if we're going to do our job effectively, we also have to um, examine our methods and see what needs to change and how we can better do our job. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to find those means of learning so that we can begin to stretch ourselves and uh, and and learn what it is that we can do to be a big header, a better minister of the gospel. Yeah, it almost sounded like you said a a big header. You know. <laughs> uh, it's no, been a long day today. That's right, long day, long Monday. <laughs> um, but that leads us. Uh, John is feeling dead, and yes, that leads us into a good segue <laughs> into our next section: uh, dead man talking, dead man talking, and, and our dead man talking this week uh, comes from a man. Uh, named Sam Sharp. Uh, John, I'm making a confession to you. I don't know who Sam Sharp is. <laughs> Neither do I. So uh, you're in good company. That's right. Uh, so this is a quote taken from a book called Southern Baptist Identity, edited by David Dockery, and it's from Timothy George's section. And though I don't know Sam Sharp, this this quote uh, really, um, I read it at a younger age and it stuck with me, and I think it's wise for us today. Uh, Sam Sharp was a uh, Timothy George says, a fiery evangelist who was still going strong at the age of 92. Um, and he said to Timothy George one day, uh, he said, Timothy, read all you can, learn all you can, don't be afraid of ideas. You can believe the tomb is empty without your head having to be. And I think that is a powerful quote. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, I think sometimes we... We have taken our faith and saying, you know, we're just going to accept our faith blindly. And I do. I do accept my faith blindly. But that does not mean that I I should not do my best to learn as much as mm-hmm. I can about right. my faith. And uh, 
And so that's what we're challenging people to do uh, here today and even in our own lives. Right. And, and I think just historically looking at it uh, with, with Christianity in general, when the uh, fundamentalist modernist movements uh, began to arise uh, in the early 1900s, there was this shift in evangelical um, churches to move away from this, this, uh, this, this learning, this liberal learning. And so, uh, we created these, uh, fundamentalist, these, uh, separatist almost. Uh, you know, we get the, we get the joke of, you don't want to go to a cemetery, right? right Instead of seminary. Right. And, and there's, there's this anti-intellectualism, mm-hmm. uh, because we're afraid that, that true, that, that intellectualism and that study is going to lead us into liberal theology. Right. But what we need to understand is that all truth is God's truth. And his truth will not lead us astray, uh, but his truth will ground us in in the faith. And so that's important for us. Yeah, and as a young minister, as a young minister who had no plans to go to seminary but was encouraged by an older Mm -hmm. pastor, and when I say encouraged, I mean he came in as our interim pastor and said, hey, you're going to seminary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, really? And he said, yes, you're starting next semester. (laughs) On the other side of that, there were guys that were saying, don't let seminary ruin you. Right. Yeah. You, know, you don't don't let don't go and let them ruin mm-hmm. you. And so mm-hmm. there is a there is a fear of of learning in some sense. Right. And uh and it ought not be that way, especially in our seminaries today. Right. It ought not be that that fear there. So but there is both of this idea of you've got to have seminary mm-hmm. and then also a fear, I think, of right. seminary education. And and if we think Seminary in, it, in its purest form, I think, uh, or even study of God, a knowledge, mm-hmm. seeking the knowledge of the holy, um, that in itself ought to be the most refreshing thing that we do. Right. Seeking to know God better, that, how can that be dull? How can that yeah. be, uh, boring? And part of the reason why it becomes dull and boring is maybe our methods of teaching it or our methods of learning it. Right, right. I agree. I agree. And I think that's one of the discussions that we can have. Today that I think are important is, is there are so many different avenues of learning today, right? I mean, just the avenue of just the classroom with mm-hmm. the professor. That's right. It, that's still a great avenue. Right. I, it's my avenue of preference as far right. as seminary is concerned. Yeah. But there are so many other avenues too for mm-hmm. those of us that are outside of seminary right. right now. And I think it's good to for us just to mention some of those so that people that are looking to become you know, lifelong learners, where can they get this information? Yeah, I would say outside of a seminary classroom and regardless of your walk with life, uh, you ought to do the whole uh, Augustine thing and take up and read. Right. Uh, there, we sit on 2,000 years of church history of uh, we have fathers and mothers and uncles and cousins that all wrote um these these amazing works that we are able to read and study today right. uh, more than anybody else in church history and shame on us if we don't pick those up and read and engage with their ideas yeah, we're not yeah. the first christians to ever live yeah absolutely and so I, i'm reading one of the books that i'm reading right now is theologians you ought to know yeah. i mentioned it on the last mm-hmm. podcast i think and it has been so refreshing to read these these theologians who have gone before us right. and some of the early church fathers mm-hmm. it's in there as well and to to see that their struggles yeah. in their churches mm-hmm. were not much different than our struggles right. today. It's like, you know, I, I think I've stumbled upon something new, and then I read a theologian of old and mm-hmm. go, man, they this is not new, and I appreciate the way they handled this. Right. And so there's a there's a learning curve there of I need to look backwards in order to move forward. Yeah. And so reading these 
old guys or dead guys, mm-hmm. as we like to say, uh, man, there's so, so much learning available there. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I try to do, I, I love reading. Uh, we, we both read and we believe in reading. Uh, but one of the things that I realized a few years ago is that all the guys that I read were uh, like-minded in every right. way. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so one of the things I've tried to do is I've tried to stop reading uh, exclusively old white guys. Yeah. Right. I've, <laughs> right, I've tried right. to expand uh, my palate, even reading um, uh, books or theologians that I know from the outset, I will disagree with 98% of what they say. Uh-huh. Um, and I, that has helped me and sharpened me in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I also think about uh, the fact that we have uh, several godly women that have uh, written books that are helpful. Uh, we have, um, uh, we, we, there's a false assumption that Christianity is a white man's religion mm-hmm. uh, when ultimately it was uh, cultivated and the foundation was laid in Africa. And so sure, we have all sure. these um, uh, black and brown scholars that have written extensively uh, on Christianity and on the Christian life and Christian living. And I think it would be wise for us to take up and read those uh, those resources. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I, I read something uh, just this weekend in pre- preparation for today by Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Smith said this. It says he says there there's great benefit to reading outside of your denominational or theological tradition. Often a commentary written by an African or Asian Christian can expose perspectives that you bring to the hermeneutical task that you might not otherwise notice. Yep. And so there that's exactly <laughs> what he's saying, man. So Kevin Smith yeah. agrees with Ryan. Ray. Right. Well, really, you know, me and Kevin got on the phone before this, and that's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, actually, uh, just a few a uh, few months ago, he had posted on Twitter that he was coming through Chunky, Mississippi, Watch and out. Uh, thought that was really funny. The name of Chunky. So that's yeah, that's yeah. not too far yeah. from us. And it's uh, not. That's uh, good. But he, but he he mentions that. You know, and I'll be honest. I'm one of those guys that I. I tend to read inside of my circle yeah. unless I'm stretched to read outside right. of my circle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just moving into one of those learning opportunities, I often get stretched outside of my circle when I'm encouraged by a fellow group of ministers yeah. to read something that mm-hmm. I otherwise wouldn't. Right. So, you know, you and I are a part of what I call a, a learning community. I don't really know what else. Is to that call what you it. call it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a group of a book club, a, a book club, uh, you know, we're we going to have to come together. up with a snazzy name. Right. And I, I would say there are books that, that we are encouraging one another to read that I would not otherwise read. Right. If it were not for someone else saying that we need to read. This. Right. So right now, I mean, just to give you an example, we're supposed to be reading. I bought it today. You bought it today, and uh, we're we're supposed to be reading. The gospel comes with a house key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rosaria Butterfield. Yes, and uh, and and honestly, I would not have read that mm-hmm. had it not had I not been encouraged to do right. so by someone mm-hmm. else because that's not really in my wheelhouse. Right. I guess, yeah, and I and each one of us has different. Uh, Bents, you know, uh, right. you know, I mentioned my brother in law is my older brother in law is, uh, he's that church leadership. Um, he's going to be reading, uh, books that are more, uh, how to church ministry. Right. Oh, I can't stand leadership and church ministry <laughs> books. Yeah. Uh, but because of him and, and knowing him and being in proximity with him, um, he's recommended books that I've read and enjoyed yeah. and been stretched. Yeah. And I know yeah. that you, you enjoy some of those leadership books I too. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, but I have read all that I want to read yeah. because I've written <laughs> on it and I'm done with it. Yeah. I get but, you. But I would say beyond just reading, being involved in one of those, a learning community of some sort. That's right. 
is is such an amazing place for for ministers to mm-hmm. learn, and it doesn't have to be very many of them, right? I mean, it could be two or three guys that just say, "Hey, we're going to rotate picking a book, and and we're going to read it, and ever how long it takes you guys to read." Right. I mean, some of us read slower than others, and so you just right. need to measure that out, and and then meet together. So we're going to be meeting together and discussing this book together, and that's a way to learn. To me. Right. That learning community is one of the one of the best ways ministers can mm-hmm. learn. It's cheap. You're going to be reading anyway, right? So why not read it with mm-hmm. a with a group and, of brothers? And not only that, it helps you to think, it to does. learn to think, right? Um, because right. I found what I've during our our uh, reading sessions, uh, what I found is that I, I read more generously. Uh, than than some of our our friends right. that read with us they, right. they they read with more of a critical eye that I wouldn't have picked up on that's right and that helps me to um uh to to read more critical to uh to think more deeply on a subject yeah and 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 too I think we can say this we'll move on from this idea but but we disagree yeah like you and I disagree yeah once and, or twice <laughs> and there are guys that are inside of our circle too, that we, we can read the same book and, and disagree. Come to different conclusions. Right. Uh, One of the two books ago or three books ago, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And and we won't name the name of the book, but the other guys was like, this author is so arrogant. Right. Yeah. You know, Um, I'm like, where'd y'all pick John, you and I were on the same page on that (laughs) one, but then you weren't at the meeting. So I had to field all the questions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I would just say, surround yourself by people that you can learn with, right. even if you have to disagree with. And one of that's the ways right. to do that is what I'm calling a learning community. But we have missed the greatest opportunity. The greatest for opportunity for learning of all time. The Imperfect Church the Podcast. The Imperfect Church Podcast. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I thought that would be first when right. you started this yeah. conversation, but you kind of missed Well, it, ultimately, but... if you are a good pastor, nay, a good man, <laughs> nay, a good person, there you, go. you would listen to this podcast <laughs> And pass it on to your friend. Sure. Re-listen to it. You would like, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow yeah. us on Twitter. You would do that because you want to be a learner. That's exactly right. But in in reality, let's <laughs> talk about some good podcasts because that's a to me that's a great avenue right. of learning. Mm-hmm. There are some great podcasts, great podcasts out there. I'm gonna go and say for me the 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 best one that helps me every day with current events is gonna be Al Moeller's The Briefing. His is good. Uh, mm-hmm. He's of course, just taking a break over the summer. That's right. And, so uh, if you're having briefing with withdrawals, then you can listen to the Imperfect Church podcast. <laughs> that's right. But I would say, you know, whenever he starts back, man, that that's just a quick, it's a quick glimpse mm-hmm. of some yeah. some news article that's coming on because mm-hmm. I I think it is important for us to read old guys. It's equally as important for us to read new guys, right? But it's also good for us to know what's happening in the world today. That's right. And Al Mohler helps us with that. Yeah. From a Christian worldview. I would say another one is five minutes in church history. That's short. It kind of gives you a look into our past. Um, yeah. that's a good one. I, I would recommend, uh, word, sir, study, word, word matter, word, <laughs> word matters. matters, word matters. Uh, it's by the Christian Standard, uh, Bible, uh, sponsored by it. Uh, and it's, uh, Trevin Wax and Brandon Smith. I'm, I'm going blank on his name. Uh, it's a good podcast, short again, and it deals with, uh, difficult issues of translation, how to right, understand them, right. how to preach them. Right. Uh, those are good ones. Uh, and then I would even say, and John, you're with me on this one, uh, but listening to secular podcasts right. is a good way to learn as well. It is. And you know, you guys have to understand that when we're, when we're talking about secular podcasts, we understand that the world, the world is lost. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you listen to secular podcasts, you're you're taking a risk right. that there are going to be words that are going to be said that's that you're right. not going to appreciate. 
and he, ideas yeah, set and forth. Ideas, that. absolutely. But just this week, I was texting Ryan because I was listening to a podcast that we both listened to called Startup. Mm-hmm. And this podcast called Startup was doing a four-part series on church planting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even in those secular, even in those secular podcasts, there are some really good, there's some really good Christian perspectives right. that are present. So and and, and it's say, good for us to, to interact with ideas and people who disagree with us. Right, right. All right. It, it, that's some good ones too. We could go on and on, man. I, I have my podcast list is so long. I don't even want to get to start. Oh yeah. Because we I, may, uh, we may take a picture and put it on our Twitter. We could, we could do that. We could do that. But you know, the, you've got podcasts, you got learning communities, you got conferences too, that you can go mm-hmm. to. They're everywhere. Yeah. Right. I, I on my, my list of common means of learning here. I put one that I think is interesting. I put lunch, lunch, uh, and I would say not only lunch with pastors your age, yeah, but older pastors, absolutely seasoned pastors. Uh, they, there's this, and I think it's a false dichotomy of young versus old in the mm-hmm. church. Um, we can't, uh, we can't survive if we are uh, one generation. Right, uh, right. If we're not multi generational, we're not going to survive. Right. Uh, so I would say to seek out pastors that are ten years older than you, twenty years older than you even 30 and 40 years older than you yeah, uh, because they have lived. We're going to talk about mentoring relationships at a podcast Mm -hmm. at a later date. But, um, but Waylon Bailey, who I refer to in our call to ministry Mm -hmm. podcast is one of those guys that I look forward to seeing and spending time to. And so there's a date in October that Mm -hmm. I'll be driving to Covington, Louisiana to visit with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I go and visit with Rob Futrell often in Jackson, just to eat breakfast. Right. And I'm saying, it took me emailing, calling, and asking these guys if they would spend time with me right. for this to happen. But mm-hmm. this is this is an opportunity for me to learn, to sit yeah. down with them and just listen to their experience in ministry. And so lunch or breakfast is a great coffee. opportunity. Coffee. Yeah. It's it's one of those great opportunities for learning that that we can take it we can take mm-hmm. advantage of. Yeah, so learning Take sacrifice. It's kind of like we talked about in our missions episode. Uh, it's going to take some sacrifice. So what are some practical things that you do daily, weekly that help to carve out time to learn? Yeah. Well, I would say time is the biggest struggle in this area. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, making sure that we have time to do it. I, I don't remember who it was. It was on, it was just on a tweet, uh, by someone that said that they, they read two chapters of scripture a day, mm-hmm. two chapters in a book a day, and two newspapers a day. That's yeah. kind of their right. their mm. routine, if right. you would. And I, I think it's good to have that routine. How many? How much of, of the word are you going to read? Because honestly, that's what's that's paramount. First, how, how much of book are you going to read? And then how much? How much or where are you going to get that common mm-hmm. yeah. uh, continual? understanding of the worldview that you're living in as well. So I think time is important, but I think having a plan is yeah, important. Yeah. And along with a plan, I would say goals. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. are your, what are your goals? Yeah. Uh, I found that my, my learning has increased when I set unrealistic goals yeah. uh, that I knew were going to be burdensome, but I, right. I I knew that this will help me to reach a level of learning that I'm, I, I need. Yeah. Let's talk about that though, because you, you have a, you have a good reads goal. Yeah that far exceeds my Goodreads goal. Yeah, I do that and, to make you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but too, I could read, quote unquote, as many books as <laughs> you have listed on there, 
but there there may not be any learning right, right? Mm-hmm. for me because we yeah. read very differently we right. read different at different speeds and so you know whatever it is that you're going to read and ever what speed is necessary for you to read you mm-hmm. need to be comfortable with that right. and and learn there you know just because Ryan reads 150 books a year mm-hmm. doesn't mean John has to read 150 right. books a year uh, the 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 point is, are you progressing? Right. I think. Yeah, I, I think I think that's key to uh, progressing. Actually, carving out time. Uh, you know, I, I've been asked before, how do you read so much? Right. Uh, one, it's my hobby. I right. mean, I, I enjoy watching football. Um, that's a season of time, uh, and I enjoy. Um, that's about it. I enjoy reading, right? So that's my hobby. So I sit aside, and and you know, I, I try to find at least. 30 minutes a day, if not more than that, to sit down and read. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm able to read while sitting in my living room while my uh, near three-year-old is going crazy. I'm able to do that a little bit Yeah. Um, with certain books, obviously. Uh, but also, you know, when uh, when it comes time for the voice to come back on, uh, my <laughs> wife likes the voice. I don't care for uh, TV that much, so yeah. uh, she'll spend an hour watching the voice sometimes, too, and I'll, I'll take some time to read, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you carve out time for it. Yeah, and I I think again that goes back to that being intentional about what you're going to read and having those goals. Mm-hmm. How many books are you going to read? And hey, going back to this learning community idea, if we we're in the midst of a learning community and they say, "Hey, John, Friday we're going to have the discussion on the book." Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I'm going to get it read by Friday. That's right. Yeah, so I'm going to push myself. To I'm going to buy it on, <laughs> on Monday. I'm going to buy right. it on Monday and have it read by and, Friday. And I, and I think that accountability maybe yeah. is is a good thing in in our learning. And so I would say. Find those find those learning practices that are necessary for you and do it, man. Just do it, okay? Get down to it. But, John, what if you can't get down to it? <laughs> what are some barriers to learning? Yeah, I, I think when you ask people this, they're going to say they don't have the money to go to seminary. Yeah, right. Okay. And, I, and I get that because yeah. seminary is very expensive, and I was so blessed and— the previous churches that I served when I was working on my master's and my other degree, I I had churches that were helping me. Right. right? And so I, I get that everybody doesn't have that. There are means by which to get help. And, but that's not what this podcast is about. So I, I would say, you know, go to your favorite place, mm-hmm. which is uh, the used bookstore. Yes. I mean, there are books that are there for 25 right. cents. that are golden. Good books. Yeah. So, uh, so free some, books online. Right. Um, right. And and he, I'm reading a little book by Watchman Nee right now called The Prayer Ministry of the Church. Yeah. Is the name uh-huh, of it? Uh-huh. It was free. It was a down, PDF download. Right. Right. So, you know, I know that money is going to be a barrier. Some people are going to say, but I think that one's overcoming. Time is a barrier. I think that you just got to be intentional mm-hmm. about it. Those are the two things that I can think of. You may, you may come up with others. Yeah. I think... Uh... Laziness, yeah, is a is a barrier, and, and that to me, that's a spiritual yeah. um, battle. There, uh, understanding that laziness will hurt you in the long run, mm-hmm. and more than just hurt you, will hurt God's church. Right, I agree. I agree. You know, some people say because I'm getting older. Yesterday was my birthday, Ryan. I I heard that um, yeah. from a <laughs> from a friend today told me to tell you happy birthday, and yeah. I forgot. So, uh, so I'm 38. Good night. And, and the older that I hear older people say things like, I just can't read like I used to, mm-hmm. or I just can't study like I used yeah. to. And uh, I haven't experienced that yet in my own life, but it, but that may be a reality. But I would just say, you know, we if it's this important to us, we just need to push forward. Right. right? So one of the barriers may be an ability to learn. Yeah. And I, and I get that. There right. are people that struggle there. So, so I say, 
do what you can do. Push yourself as right. hard as you can be pushed. And, and just to give you a a an example, uh, my wife's grandfather was a Baptist pastor for years. Um, he passed away when he was uh, in his early eighties. Uh, he lost his uh, his. I mean, he he lost good eyesight early on, uh, and, but he was an avid reader. Uh, and, and so one of the things that he did is he got a, a computer magnifying glass where he would right. run the book under the magnifying glass right. so he could read it. Um, and before he passed away, um, I ended up giving him a book that he'd been wanting to read for a while. Right. Um, and when he passed away, he had his bookmark where he was working through it mm-hmm. and slowly working through mm-hmm. it, but he was working through it and he was having to use a magnifying glass yeah, to pop to up on a it. computer screen to see it. Yeah. And so often our excuses are just that excuses. Yeah, we, we, you can push through any, I always say, people will do what they want to do. Yeah. And if it's so determined and set in your heart to do it, you're going to find gonna, a way. You're going to do it. You're going to find a way. And we have a book to, to give, give away. away so that somebody can read That's it. That's right. And so, uh, we're going to be giving away, uh, a book that was given to us by the author. It is, uh, the complete seminary survival guide. Start smart, avoid burnout, finish strong by Mark Warnock. Yeah, uh, yeah. And this is a good book. You know, we've talked about earlier this episode how people have said that seminary is the most dry time in your life. Uh, Mark really wants to, uh, with this book, uh, to help students, to help uh, those going into seminary, to break that mold a little bit, to, sur- to survive it, right? Not only just to survive seminary, but to thrive during it. Right, right. So I think it's a great book. Uh, so how are we going to give this away, John? So what we want you to do is we want you to tweet at us, at Imperfect Church, uh, a good book that you've been reading, a book that you would recommend for the co-host of the Imperfect Church to read. That's right. And we will uh, we will pick one out of there, uh, send you this book, uh, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, yeah. Hopefully it'll be a good home, uh, and that you'll be able to read it, and it'll help you. Yeah, this may be that book that sparks the learning in someone's heart. That's right. And That's we hope right. that it is. Uh, so... Um, well, that about wraps it up for us today on The Pastor as a Lifelong Learner. We hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you and been beneficial to you. Uh, we um, ask that if you have enjoyed our podcast, to like us on Facebook, to follow us on Twitter, uh, to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, uh, and then to send us any critiques or any uh, questions you have, any topics that you may want us to talk about. Uh, we exist for you. So uh, we want to thank you once again for listening, and we'll see you next time. But until then, keep loving your imperfect church and remember that one day she will be perfected in glory.